Let's get out our Bibles, if you don't already have them out today, and, uh, and go to Luke chapter 11. Luke, the 11th chapter. I want to share with you today along the lines of a, a new series, might be mini-series, might be maxi-series, I don't know. Uh, we're just going to start off with what the Lord has, has, has put in my heart to, to talk about. I know that many people are looking for answers in our world today. They're looking for help in their lives. People are seeking healing. They're seeking companionship. They're seeking meaning for their existence. And, uh, of course, that's understandable uh, with the world that we live in. Of course, it's a dangerous place if you don't know God. It really is. There are, there are no guarantees. There are no, uh, no certainties outside of the eternal Word of God and, and being in a relationship with Him and knowing that He's got your back and knowing that you're covered, that His grace is available to you always. And, uh, and so there's a lot of times uh, the, the things that people are dealing with, it is a result of an absence of a connection with God and it is the result of looking in the wrong place and looking for the wrong things. And, uh, and that's kind of along the lines I want to talk to you about is what are you looking for and where are you looking? We could say to whom are you looking uh, for the things that you want, for the things that you desire in life. In, in Luke chapter 11, let's read over here the words of Jesus uh, beginning here in verse 9. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, is there a difference between ask and it might happen and what Jesus said here? Is there a difference? Do those little words like that make any significant difference at all? What makes all the difference in the world? But how many know many people, many believers read these scriptures and these type of scriptures and they come out with the conclusion, ask and it might happen. Seek. If you get lucky, you'll find a couple things. Knock. And you could be standing there for a few years waiting for the door to open. Right? Isn't that how it's really lived out by so many people? But that's not what the Lord said. Isn't that right? He did say, ask and you, it will be given to you. It's interesting. I ask, it will be given to me from God. I knock and it shall be opened to me by the Lord. But I, when I seek, I find. God has placed it within His creation, within how He uh, designed us, that if we would pursue something, if we would go after something, we would discover that. We would find it. It does, it's not even a matter of, and I believe God is continually revealing Himself, and, and that's His nature and character to us, but it's not even a matter of God just having to do something special for me. It's already in my genes as a human being, as a child of God, that if I look for something, I'm going to find it. If I look for something, well, as long as it exists, if, it's in rea- if it is real, if it does exist, if I will set my attention there, I'll find it. 
Everybody with me today? I like this uh, verse 10 from the Phillips translation. He says it this way, the one who asks will always receive. The one who is seeking will always find, and the door is open to the man who knocks. I know someone might say, well, that's not my experience. Well, that's why I'm not preaching your experience today. That could be depressing. (laughs) We're going to stay with the Word and hopefully elevate our experience to match. Amen. And so I look up this word seek. This is kind of the main part of this verse I want to focus in on here today. The word seek means an attempt or desire to obtain or achieve something. An attempt or desire to obtain or achieve something. Uh, This is a principle of life and an act of faith that pleases God. How many can see it work in the natural world where if you're looking for something, let's say you're in the market for a new house and you have decided, hey, we're going to find a new house, we're going to purchase a house, we're going to, all of a sudden you can drive around town and everything's for sale. I mean, all of a sudden, for sale signs. Everyone put them up on the day that you decided to buy a house, right? Or if you're, you know, or if you're looking for a particular car, you start noticing them all around. It's not that they weren't there before, but you just started noticing them. Is it possible that even in God, even in the existence of our, the reality of our existence, that there is much available, there is much there that exists but we just haven't noticed it yet. And if we were seeking out something, we would be able to uh, begin to discover the reality of so many more blessings from God, all that He is doing, all that He wants to do in us. We could see the potential of our own lives if we were looking in the right place, if we were seeking the right things. But too frequently... What happens is we get caught up with the ways of this world or because we were in the world before we got saved, we haven't fixed how we live yet. And we're still thinking with that mindset and going after the wrong things, being disappointed every day. But it could very well be said that there are right now things that exist that we're just unaware of because we're not looking for them. You can't find what's not there. But I tell you what, if it exists... You can find it. It is built into your DNA. It is the way that God created you and me. It is also what pleases Him. Amen. Remember Hebrews 11 says that He's pleased when by faith we diligently seek Him. Amen. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 5 is another place I want to take a look at. Does it matter to God what we want? And, and here, here's the subject, here's the message. It's desire. The things we are talking about today, desire. Does it matter to God what you desire, what I want? Or is He pretty much just going to do whatever He wants to do, and matter whether you want something or not, that's irrelevant, it's all about God? No, no. It very much matters to the Lord what you want, what you are pursuing in your life, what you are setting your affection on. And uh, you you know this verse probably, many of you, in Matthew 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now that's interesting. Why would you say someone is blessed for being hungry and thirsty? I mean, that's quite unpleasant, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, if you're really hungry, that hurts. (laughs) If you're really thirsty, that's not a pleasant condition to be in. But the reason for the blessing is because God values someone who wants something. When people go through their lives and they just don't give a rip about God, they don't give a rip about what He says, what His plans are, what, what He wants to do in their life, or really just don't care about much at all, when I say care about it, they just don't ha- have any interest in anything, uh, there's nothing for Him to respond to. But why is this person blessed? Well, because of the, the fulfillment, because they shall be filled. You're not blessed if you're just hungry and there's nothing available. But you're blessed if you're hungry and you're pulling into the buffet. Right? Now you're blessed. You are blessed when it comes to to your relationship with God if you want something that God has. And He's got a lot. If you have a desire for good things, for Him to do good things in your life, then you are blessed for being hungry. You are blessed for wanting something. The word hunger, hunger means, uh, one, another word to, uh, you can define that with is the word crave. What do you crave for? Let's do a little self-check here. What do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you want out of church? What do you want out of a relationship with God? What are you going after? What are you pursuing? What are you hung, hungry for? If you're hungry... For the right thing, good news, God designed it. He set it up this way where you'd get it. And you'd be filled and be full. If you don't give a rip, you won't be bothered with God. You know, I've heard, I've heard testimonies recently. It's good to have Pastor Allen back from Azerbaijan. And uh, I've read testimonies of different ones in the, in the Muslim world these days who are, of course, steeped in that religion but pursuing God, apparently with a, an upright and honest heart, and testimony after testimony coming in about people having dreams of Jesus, having visions and dreams of the Lord Jesus, and all of a sudden they realize, and they wake up, and they get saved, and they give their lives to the Lord. There is something that matters to God when, when He matters to them, when they are from a pure heart, seeking after and desiring Him, th- it, things, things happen. And uh, I, I seek for things that matter to me. In fact, to the degree, the degree to which I seek something reveals the level of importance it holds in my life. What you want is key to your life. The stronger you want it, the more you w- will pursue the fulfillment but right at the same time, an unfulfilled desire is very disappointing. It's very unsatisfying. In fact, many of you know the scripture over in Proverbs. It, uh, in Proverbs 13, verse 12, it reads, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. One of the great disappointments in life is when people want something and never get it. They want good things and don't see them. And what do we do about that? Is there a way? Well, there's really a practical way to deal with that. 
we can either be disappointed and live disappointed continually, live from bummer to bummer, or we can learn how to accurately seek and obtain, or we've got to change what we want. If I want the wrong thing, that needs to be altered. But if I want the right thing and I just haven't seen it yet, I need to stay on that path. Okay, because again, I'm designed to get it. God set it up that way. But again, some of the times people just want the wrong thing and uh, wants can be developed. Wants can be cultivated. It's possible to come to a place in your life where... You don't want tomorrow what you want today. And today you're very unsatisfied, very unfulfilled because you're not seeing what you want. But tomorrow you might not care about that at all. And there are a lot of things that that really needs to happen. We'll never find joy and fulfillment and satisfaction until we alter these things. Someone say, well, I can't help myself. I mean, if I want something, I just want it. I can't just flip a switch and say, I don't want that anymore. Uh, more so than you think, you can do that. Really, you can. I, I know uh, in my, my life, I was thinking about years ago, a friend and I used to go water skiing a lot. And we would regularly take the boat out and go water skiing. And it was very, at the time, desirable. I wanted to do it. In fact, when it was, the day was getting close, getting excited. I even had a water skiing magazine one time. Do you know they make those? And I read about it, and I knew the right skis. And I never, it was never a competition thing. I was never on that level, just recreational. But I uh, just really couldn't wait to get out there and, and you know, and bend as low as possible <laughs> without falling. And, uh, and, you know, we did all kinds of crazy things. Without instruction, we'd try to barefoot and, you know, without those booms and everything. Just go as fast as you can and step off the ski. That's how we did it. It's painful when your face hits the water that fast, too. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about, about that, how that used to be a, a real strong desire. I really used to want to do that. And I'm not opposed to water skiing today. I just don't do it, and I don't really care about it. If I don't go anymore, oh, well. Not because I'm against it. My desires have just changed. I don't mean I wouldn't ever do it. It's not that big a deal. There are the other things in my life I used to do. I mean, if I couldn't do it at that time, oh, I'd been so disappointed. I'd have been so unfulfilled. <laughs> but you start going a different direction. You start pursuing other things in your life. And what you used to want doesn't even matter anymore. And you start obtaining things that are really more important. And uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about heaven and about what we're going to do there. Uh, probably many of us have had those thoughts. Have you ever had the thought that what if what I like to do doesn't exist in heaven? You know, what if what I really enjoy doing... I, I mean, let's say you like to fix things. <laughs> you might not be looking forward to heaven because there's not going to be anything broken. Right? You know, I, I enjoy gadgets and stuff and computers and, and, and things of that nature. But how many know the fastest, the best, the latest, the greatest? It's like a dinosaur in heaven. 
I, I mean, I, I just don't think they'll exist. I don't know, but I'm thinking that's just, everything is so much better and more advanced than that. So are, are a lot of Christians going to be really bummed out in heaven? Like there's nothing here to do that I like. Now, here's what's going to happen, and I can't explain everything that's going to happen in heaven, but I know this, our desires will be in line with what's available. Certain things, if something is, if, if, there's, if there are not going to be any broken pipes to fix or <laughs> things of that nature, if I enjoy fixing pipes, um, I'm just not going to want to anymore. And if you don't want to, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, just like that, you're completely fulfilled if you get what you do want. Does, does that make sense? I, I know some, sometimes people, sometimes single people, are, uh, they, they get nervous around the time when they want to be married and they're thinking about the rapture. <laughs> and man, if the Lord comes back now and I get raptured out of here... Eternity is a long time, <laughs> you know, to be without certain things. <laughs> well, how are we fulfilled when what we want shows up? When we experience, when we have the things that we want in life. Amen. This can sometimes be called, I like to use this language, it's called the thrill of the fill. In other words, I am thrilled with what I'm filled with. If I'm filled with the wrong thing, I'm going to be thrilled with the wrong thing. I will continually have a desire for more of what's in me, whether that's the right thing in me or the wrong thing in me. Scripture in Ephesians 3 and 19, you might recall that it talks about being filled with the fullness of God. It's talking to spirit-filled believers. It's possible for a spirit-filled believer to be filled with the fullness of God, which, which must mean it's possible for us not to be filled with the fullness of God. I could be filled. It's not talking about God being with me or not being with me. I'm not talking about God leaving me or, or anything of that nature. I'm talking about what am I pursuing, what am I looking to, what am I going after, what am I seeking, what am I desiring. That is going to be, the, that is going to be what I get. That's going to be what I find. That's going to be what I get filled with. And whatever I have in me in abundance, I, I, I like. Whatever is in me, to a great degree, I'm excited about. Re recently, we were able to go on a, a seven-day buffet. I mean, cruise. <laughs> and, and I find that after returning, that I have a, an ever-present desire... For ice cream, <laughs> for buffet, <laughs> you know, beyond the normal quantity that you should eat, it lasts for a while. It's like you fill yourself with it again and again and again and again, and then when you try to stop, your body says, no, keep going. <laughs> fill it up again, fill it up again, and you have to change, you have to stop so your desires get straightened out again. Because whatever you get full of, you want more of. Everybody with me today? See, whatever we spend our free time on 
it, it will determine what is inside of us. Whatever we give our free time to, and what we're seeking after, what we're pursuing, what we want, it will fill us, and then it will cause us to want that more. If it's good stuff, if it's the right thing, we're laughing. I mean, there's no better fulfillment than to want what you have and, and continually be filled with more of what you want and makes you fulfilled. But what's bad is when you want something that is wrong and it's damaging and it's hurtful and it's destructive. And if we want something that's, that's bad for us, well, what, what's, the, what's the, uh, the solution here? We've got to fix what's inside of us. We've got to start depositing. And in the initial stages, it, there's some resistance inside. The resistance inside says, no, that's not what we do. We eat ice cream after every meal. Right, But you've got to alter that, and you force it for a little bit. You force it and say, no, this is what I'm going to think about. This is what I'm going to give, give my life to. This is what I'm going to pursue. And after a little bit, guess what? You start wanting it. You, you know what's really true? That there are many believers, probably not near as, I know, not near as many as there should be, believers who spend quantity of time, a large quantity of time with the Lord in His presence, fellowshipping with Him, and they don't do it because of religion. They don't do it because they feel like they're a bad person if they don't. They don't do it out of obligation. They literally like it. Yeah. Why? Because they're full of God. They're full. They have the fullness of God, and whatever you are full of, you want it more. You desire it more, and it's, there's nothing more fulfilling in life than what you're full of. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, life is not just a matter of what you know, it's a matter of what you're full of. If we could empty all of us out, well, what would come out? <laughs> um, again, what do we spend our, our free time doing? What are we pursuing? What are we looking to? If you lose the fill, you'll lose the thrill. Now, that can be good or bad. If you lose the fill of stuff that doesn't matter, of things that are unimportant, of things that don't satisfy or don't bring life, oh, happy day. But if you lose the fill of God, and listen, I'm telling you, there are people here that have done that. We're at a time, you were full of the things of God. When I say full, your mind was full. Your heart was consumed. You wanted to, to, to have a relationship with Him and know Him and experience His love and grace and power, but you got distracted. You, you got moved off into things of this world that didn't really matter. And you got full of them, and so you wanted them more and more. And the things of God became less real. The Spirit of God became uh, like He didn't really exist. And then so, because you're full of it, you want more of it. The wrong thing. But just like you went that way, you can go the other way. You can force feed <laughs> for a little bit. You make a heart commitment and say, Lord, I, I, I'm going to walk in the fullness of you. I'm going to pursue the things of God. I desire you more than anything else in this world. And even if it feels like you're lying when you're starting to say that, come on now. I know sometimes people say, it, Lord, I want you. And you're thinking, I don't really. I'd really rather be skiing or... <laughs> Or I'd rather be watching eight hours of TV. That's really what I want. But you recognize that you want to change what you're full of. 
You want to change your desires. And you, you can do it. We can all do it. And to where we can't. I, I remember a time in my life when I was seeking after the Lord. I say seeking after the Lord. I'm not talking about like I didn't know Him. He was already in my life. But pursuing His plan and purpose and understanding of Him. And there was a period there where I couldn't do hardly anything without wanting to pray. When I say pray... Spend time with the Lord. I would get done with, what, with work. I would get done with what I do. And I would immediately go behind a closed door and hit my knees and spend time with God. And it was like nothing else in the world mattered. And I couldn't wait to do it. Oh, it was so good. Oh, I couldn't wait. I got to go. I got to go. Almost, you know, almost like, a, like a, you know, a guy and a girl who are just starting to see each other and they're excited about their relationship and they can't wait to see them. You know, they get off work and run over and, you know, they got to be together. And I just had to, I had to get, get with God and just stay there for hours in the presence of God and be more happy about that than anything I could have ever experienced. Way more, way, way more fun than Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, praise God. I want you to go to Acts chapter 17 and uh, we want to begin to wrap a few things up. I, I want to get into some stuff here in the coming weeks, about what the Bible tells us to seek after and what we are to not look to, what we are not to seek after. And there's some real destructive things and there's some real beneficial things that we can experience in God. But if you, again, you lose the fill, you lose the thrill. If you're not thrilled about God right now, if you're not just excited about your relationship with God and His plan for your life and His grace and power and His love for you flowing in you and out of you and through you, all right, what's going on there? Are you an evil person? Are you going to hell? No, not necessarily, but you probably are not full. You're not full of, uh, of having your attention on Him, having your thoughts filled with Him, desiring Him. Because soon, as soon as you are, you get, you get happy about that. Amen. And so what we look to and what we look at continually will become the source of our satisfaction. In, in Acts chapter 17, let's notice verse 26, 17, 26. It reads, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So that, well, why did God do that? So that they should seek the Lord. You see that? It's God's plan. It's His predetermined plan that everyone could be in a position, a situation, to where they could seek God, where they could seek Him. In the hope that they might grope for him, or some translation says feel after him. He's talking to some very heady people here in this context. And find, let's see, and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God did this. He pre-appointed and pre-arranged things so everyone on the planet could do what? So they could seek him. Well, why would he want them to seek him? Because he already prearranged and predesigned and predetermined that we were created to find him. He's not hiding from us. He's not withdrawing from you in your life. But he simply wants us to look for him. 
Uh, again, I hope that's not confusing when I say look for him like this is some kind of hide and seek thing. No, <laughs> though he's not far from all of us. But we have to look in the right direction. See, I, I could have someone walking with me and ignore them. We could walk, go, go on a walk in a park. I, 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 Amy and I could go for a long walk and I could ignore her even though she's there. Right? It's possible for God to be so very close to us and desire to do amazing things and powerful things in our lives, but we just ignore Him. It is like He's not there because He's not rude. He'll just let us go on our way. He'll just let us continue on in our own pursuits. And so, uh, God wants to be found by all. We can seek after futile things if we want, but God has set this life up so that all people should seek Him and find fullness of life. Desire can bring God into your life, or it can bring destruction. And we are told, like I said a minute ago, we are told what to seek and what not to seek. We're told what to want, what to pursue. And if, if we find ourselves wanting the wrong things, we can change that. And we can begin to set our attention, set our focus on Him, and watch God move and do and change things. Listen, if there is an absence of God in your life, I hope you understand the, the way that I say that. I don't mean God's coming and going from our lives. But there is an absence of Him in your life. It's not because He wanted it to happen. Or because because he's just upset with you and he's angry with you and he's judging you. It's not about that. It's about uh, it's about what we are living for. It's about what we're pursuing. It's about what we're going after. And if we will begin to be filled with the right thing, then the fullness of God, bam, comes. And oh, what a thrill to be filled with Him. Amen. Amen. Father, we're so thankful today for your goodness thankful for your blessings, thankful for the, the presence of your Spirit. We believe that you are at work in our lives and in our midst. We believe that you are favorable toward us, kind toward us, and always present in our lives. We know that even now, your grace surrounds us. Your ability is here. There is nothing that we need There is nothing in life that is out of our reach, out of our grasp. But Father, we purpose today to focus our eyes, to focus our hearts, our attention only on you. That that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we acknowledge your presence today. We acknowledge your mighty grace and power. We acknowledge your goodness. And here we are. Say it out loud with me. Say, thank you, Father, that you are here with me now. I put my thoughts on you. I set my affection on you. I desire you more now than anything in life. Now listen, that might sound like it's a contradiction in some. It's a, it's a commitment. It's, it's a step of faith. Father, thank you for working in hearts and lives today. We worship you. We give you praise.